Hajj's 18. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. I begin in the name of Allah, compassionate to all, merciful to each. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the 18th episode in this podcast series titled Journeying Our Eyes Through the Quran, Exploring 30 Juz in 30 Days. Today, inshallah, we will continue our journey through the pages of the Quran as we take a brief look into the 18th juz of the Quran. This juz starts with chapter 23, Surah Al-Mu'minun, or the Believers, which is 118 verses long and is a Meccan chapter. It also contains chapter 24, which is Surah An-Nur, and 64 verses long and a Medinan chapter. And lastly, it also contains the first 20 verses of Surah Al-Furqan, which is a Meccan chapter. To begin our discussion for today's episode, we will start with the first section of Surah Al-Mu'minun. It is titled Mu'minun since the chapter begins with a description of the successful believers, which we will now read. والذين هم لفروجهم حافظون إلا على أزواجهم أو ما ملكت أيمانهم فإنهم غير ملومين فمن ابتغى وراء ذلك فأولئك هم العادون in the name of Allah, compassionate to all, merciful to each. Certainly, the faithful have attained salvation. Those who are humble in their prayers, avoid vain talk, carry out their duty of zakat, guard themselves with modesty in terms of their relationships within the confines of marriage. But whoever seeks anything beyond that, it is they who are transgressors. And those who keep their trusts and covenants and are watchful of their prayers, it is they who will be the inheritors, who shall inherit paradise and will remain in it forever. In this particular passage, the Qur'an outlines certain behaviors and characteristics of the believers, beginning with one of the most crucial characteristics of a believer, which is that they are humble in their prayers. They not only turn to God in prayer, but they do so with humility, realizing their place in front of their Lord. Prayer is also mentioned again, repeated twice in this passage, once at the beginning and once at the end, where it mentions that the believers are also watchful and careful over their prayers as well, which is a slightly different descriptor from the initial humble that we mentioned a minute ago. An interesting point to note in this description is that the majority of characteristics mentioned about a believer here have to do with the behaviors and etiquettes that they have with others, i.e. how they treat and interact with their fellow human. It mentions giving charity, having relationships only within the context of marriages, keeping amanats, which are trusts and promises, avoiding haram social gatherings, etc. As human beings, we are social creatures, with much of our actions and deeds taking place among one another. 
We live with one another, we influence one another, and unfortunately sometimes we impede on the rights of one another. But in the ethical system of Islam, the responsibilities for the way that we must act socially are not just ones of personal preference, or ones where we do so from an individualistic worldview, or because we want others to treat us in the same way, or that we're legally obligated to do so. But rather, we do so because they are rooted in a God-centric worldview. They are a part and parcel of our faith, and a part of our measure of our taqwa. This personal piety and social responsibility is rooted in the pleasure and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. The social sphere is where we see our virtues manifested. For example, if we are to claim generosity as a characteristic of ours, it is a characteristic that one may theoretically have, but it is only realized in a social setting, in the context of others. Similarly, a person may claim to be honest, but it is only when they are expressing themselves to others that this honesty is manifested. Our social interactions are the plane in which we see these virtues or vices of ours come to life, and as such we see the heavy way in which our etiquette plays a role in our piety. In the upcoming few nights, as we start to think about the Nights of Qadr, some of us may recite Dua Makarim Al-Akhlaq from Sahifatul Sajjadiyya, and this dua is one of the most beautiful odes to the crucial nature of adab, mannerisms and akhlaq, in terms of how we act with others, and how our a'imma saw these mannerisms as an integral part of their personal piety. We also see many of these ethical issues and mannerisms of the Muslims being addressed in Surah An-Nur, chapter 24 of the Qur'an, called The Light, which is also in today's juz, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spells out and clarifies the ways in which He expects believers to act and the ways in which they should act if faith has truly entered their hearts. Various arenas are mentioned here, ranging from marital life, to modesty, to adab, and the ways in which the Muslims are told to address Rasulullah himself, treating him as the Prophet of God. Beginning in verse 10, Surah An-Nur enters into a discussion of a major mistake that some of the early Muslimin made when it came to believing an accusation that was spreading amongst the Muslimin without evidence. Not only did they believe the accusation, but they spread it amongst each other. In verse 12, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks them a rhetorical question. When you first heard about it, why didn't the faithful men and women think well of each other and say this is an obvious lie? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks them, why didn't you immediately consider that what you heard was not true? Why didn't you have husnadhan or good thoughts about each other? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the Muslims should have said hadha ifqun mubin, that this was a great lie especially since there was no evidence of the accusations that were mentioned. In verses 15 to 17, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes another powerful reminder. وَتَحْسَبُونَهُ هَيِّنًا وَهُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَظِيمٌ وَلَوْلَا إِذْ سَمِعْتُمُوهُ قُلْتُمْ مَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَنْ نَتَكَلَّمَ بِهَذَا سُبْحَانَكَ هَذَا بُهْتَانٌ عَظِيمٌ يَعِظُكُمُ اللَّهُ أَن تَعُودُوا لِمِثْلِهِ أَبَدًا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ When you were receiving it on your tongues and were mouthing something of which you had no knowledge, supposing it to be a light matter, while it was a grave matter with Allah, 
And why did you not, when you heard it, say it is not for us to say such a thing? O Allah, you are immaculate. This is a monstrous calumny. Allah advises you, lest you should ever repeat the like of it, should you be faithful. These verses mention a part of the social etiquette of Muslims, that we do not advertise nor seek to find faults in our brothers and sisters. However, this should not be confused with apathy to our ethical lines, but it does have to do with us not taking lightly what comes off of our tongues. The problem with the Muslims in this scenario, in the occasion which this verse was revealed, wasn't that they saw the accusation as bad or deemed it as a negative and horrible thing, but it was that they were spreading this horrible accusation without evidence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects us to have ethical grounds and to dislike sin. And of course, we are obligated to encourage others to do good and to avoid evil in order to keep society at a certain level, as we explored in a previous juz. But at the same time, we're told not to fault find, not to advertise and spread these forms of false rumors of fahisha, scandalous rumors amongst people. These two concepts are not mutually exclusive. Surah An-Nur also consists of other injunctions with regards to behaviors, like seeking permission before entering anybody's home, lowering one's gaze, which is something that's rarely noted in our societies. There are also verses with regards to the hijab mentioned in this chapter, which inshallah most of us are already familiar with. There is an encouragement towards marriage and helping others get married in order to address some of these human struggles as well. As Surah An-Nur is a Medinan chapter, it is no surprise that we see several of these ethical injunctions in terms of how to act with one another. And as you go through this just today, try to focus on the behaviors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks from us, those noted with love and those noted with dislike. And let's ask ourselves, what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from us in a social context? How does he want us to act with one another? What are the ways in which we can improve on our etiquettes and behaviors, seeking nothing except the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.